Fantastic. Need a lot lift his lift his mouth up there. Nice one. <laughs> oh, good work, Brody. commitment from Brody Kostecki on that last lap. It had everything, just like real life. That was a breathless lap of Mount Panorama Bathurst. What a victory for Brody Kostecki. Scott McLaughlin still can't believe it. <laughs> that last 10 metres cost him. Oh, my God. Bounced into the wall on exit of Murray's corner. Still managed to... Wow. <laughs> Look at his face. On the podium. <laughs> just incredible. Look at how they get the... Watch this. So unbelievable viewpoint. Oh. Gives us some more amazing angles. Angles. This is a wild dive down the inside. There's a bit of a touch on now. Oh. Wondering what the viewpoint is going to be in the bunker in Queensland on this one. <laughs> wow, that is wicked. That was great racing. Although McLaughlin's not going to be thrilled about it. He had his hands in the air and he had a wild finish in Matagi in the E Series <laughs> IndyCar race earlier in the week in Japan. So he's already seen some contact this week. It's been indicative of the kind of stuff oh, that we've fantastic. been seeing. How good is that? Oh, deep breath. BP <laughs> ultimate results. Mount Panorama race. Oh, unofficial. <laughs> unofficial. See what happens. <laughs> Might as well just cut into the intro after that because yeah. I was actually recording well, that. That should be the intro. Just I think that is the intro. Yep. That is intro. Brilliant. That's oh, fantastic. We're going to go straight into this. So uh, welcome to this week's uh, Behind the Sport podcast. Um, we're just catching at the end of the uh, Bathurst. Uh, I think that was the third race of the evening, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, Brody Kostecki, took, uh, the, the Kostecki um, took a fantastic win over Scott McLaughlin, who's um, I don't think he's closed his mouth yet. So yeah, fuck. That was a wicked race, the wicked end to an race. The look on uh, Scotty's face and and the concentration and. There's an exciting lap up over the top. Um, yeah, I think there's a bit of a nudge there in the end, but uh, we'll see what comes out of it. So far, Brody's uh, the uh, unofficial winner. So that was that was wicked. That was as, that was nice. as exciting as watching the real thing, man. Like, that was kind of cool. <laughs> Shows you that that uh, how how marketable and and how you know you get the right right mix in there, the right um, you know like Scott McLaughlin's a pretty good dude to watch. Yeah. Um. He's he's always pretty straightforward, emotional. You know, kind of like a real driver. Um. And then Brody's just a raw <laughs> talent. I think he's been undercut a little bit. So to see him up there, it's it's kind of cool. You know, it's really cool. It's what we want to see. Yeah. Look. Um. Yeah. <laughs> the I was watching the uh, Twitch streams, which are fantastic, because within uh, our racing, there's a lot of uh, chatter which goes on between the drivers, and oh. um. Yeah, Will Will Power ended up calling Scott Pye a bit of a wanker, and uh, Will Davison had a massive spray at. Um, oh, who did he have the spray at? Um, we were just talking about that before. But yeah, Will Will Davison lost it. Um, Scott McLaughlin, uh, not Scott McLaughlin, a couple of others have had a bit of a whinge. So, um, yeah, it's it's been quite entertaining, like listening to the guys um, talking about 
you know, everything behind the scenes um, and hearing the different uh, – Cameron Waters, that's who he had the spray out. Yeah, Cameron Waters. That's when I dropped my um, – uh, had soup for dinner with the kids. My wife makes a, a killer um, pea and ham soup and, and having kids, you tend to have that sort of stuff pretty often, especially with toddlers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, man, yeah, I, I had I was watching on my phone at the dinner table doing all the things I tell the, the oldest boy not to do because it was just that good. And yeah, dropped my phone in the soup. Yeah, I look, it's, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm having really good fun. Look, on the weekend, I was catching some of the practice sessions and, you know, there was some deliberate uh, driving into other cars going on and, you know, heaps of bands are going on over the weekend with that as well. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I think, yeah, I think the driver's amazing. having fun with it as much, as much as they're taking it seriously, like you're seeing the serious guys be, they're all, they're all deadly serious. You know, there's a lot on the line. You've got to keep sponsors going if they want the category to survive, that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's good to see oh, them having absolutely. a bit of fun as well, you know, yeah. like, it's good to see. I reckon. It's, yeah, it's great. Look, you know, of course, I had uh, Simone de, de, Silvestre in there, de Silvestro in there today. Um, and obviously, Will Power, who was uh, based over in America, doing the Indy 500 this year, which uh, was not going ahead. But, um, yeah, it was. Um, it's great to see, like, just the different names they're getting in. Um, and which actually brings me uh, something which you sent over today, which was... Um, the supercars is actually running a a chance to match up with you know basically it's, they're allowing people to uh, get um, um, the opportunity to you know view the race setups and that that the supercars guys are actually using and mm. uh, we'll link we'll link this in the description but uh, basically the uh, Brody Kostecki, funnily enough, is the one that's uh, doing all the setups. Um, and then every single car is basically running the same setup. Um, and then, yeah, but you're basically able to download these if you've got an iRacing account and set mm. them up. And funnily enough, I actually used one of these today because I've been having huge issues with getting my head's, head around the Mustang. Um, and funnily enough, yeah, use the, uh, uh, the setup that they had for um, Barcelona and the, the Mustang was drivable. Well, it was actually fantastic. So, um, yeah, massive thanks to uh, um, to Supercars for making all those available because... Uh, right, so you know, I'd like to see them do it. You know, now they're releasing it, get everyone on the same setup. I'd like to see them do sort of like the, the PlayStation thing from years back and the Nismo Driver Academy, and now you've got all the, all the main platforms have their own e-racing leagues, like the main marquees, I should say. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Supercars do something like that. Have like a wild car is just, just be a complete punter. Yeah. You know, because um, there'll be some iRacers out there that have a little bit of technical experience, have a little bit, have the good setup at home, you know, like with the real pedals and the, and the good gear. And, and um, yeah, and there'll be a lot of iRacers actually, you know, are on a decent category license yeah. um, and have got the hours under their belts, not be a complete, you know, cabbage on the track yeah. um and see what would happen like, like you know, what you we saw in the practice the other day in supercars <laughs> yeah you'll see some better you, you know they, they, some of the guys are just out of their depth with it because it's not what they've, they've done and it's good to see the professionals come in you know I was, I was keen to see how willpower would go but um wasn't much there compared to the front runners to be honest yeah. but 
you know, with Max the Spatten, who's who's Vic Spatten, <laughs> Sp- dummy spitting Spatten. Yeah, that's about um, right. With him there, you know, he's obviously on a simulator probably seven days a week, um, yeah. probably on a very high end one with with his job. You know, with being the most elite drive, you know, in the, one of the most elite drivers in the world. Yeah. To see him being right up there as well. So, you know, and obviously um, Scotty with the um, uh, stuff he's doing with the, the Yankee open wheelers. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that that Nismo PlayStation type thing where you have a complete punter gets a chance and then go from there. Get um, yeah. Paul, Paul Morris to put a bloody, put some dollars behind it and put him in a, put them in a car as well as a prize or someone, you know, put them out on a test day in a car to see if they get you handled. I don't think the supercars are just that unworldly and undertired and, and they're a different race car. So that it'd be, I think it'd be hard for a non racer to even handle one, but mm. um, be cool to see how an I, you know, decent eye racer goes against the pros. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I just got a message from tonight's guest just asking if we're doing video. So I'm just sending a message to say, yes. Uh, make I'm looking forward to his haircut tonight. To see what got on. your hair as well. So sorry to interrupt. Uh, this is pretty rude doing this actually while we're recording. But, oh, that's uh, right. I know, dude, it's pretty good. It's pretty slick at editing. <laughs> I think we're just going to leave that in there because we'll just be, you know, tonight's guest uh, can have a bit of a laugh, so, which is uh, the good thing. But um, so... How's your sim race building going? You, you got your frame? Oh, it still, still hasn't got off the ground. Yeah? Yeah, sorry, I'm just messaging uh, likewise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it still hasn't got off the ground, so still waiting for my frame to turn up. Obviously, I went over the top like I normally do, um, not content with just punting around and wanting something to blame. <laughs> yeah. So I've brought... Um, John's t- talked me into buying the Helsinki Sprint package to go with my package today. So um, the pedals are coming out of Europe for it. The frame, hopefully, is, is um, the steel he uses for the rigs or the aluminium extrusion is held up in Singapore that he gets. Yep. Um, but he's um, he's got a customer that's ordered some higher or different spec stuff. So he can use some of that customer's stuff on my rig and hopefully get it out this week. But then I still don't have a computer to drive it or my computer's not high enough spec. Um, And then DJ's been helping me out. But to get a decent CPU, you know, like an i7-670 plus or something like that, they're not available to even buy if you wanted to. So then you've got to go to something really flash. Graphics cards, 1080pi. Again, pretty hard to get at the moment. Um, And you're paying top dollar, you know, $1,200 for a card sort of thing. So, you know... Blow, blowing the budget out out for the computer just for the graphics card um, yeah. is nuts. So I don't know whether I might just hire one of John's machines until everything dies down or until I can get what I want. Because um, I'm really looking, like John, John was saying, I'm really looking forward to um, Automobile Lister 2, seeing how that takes off compared to iRacing. So that's got a lot higher graphics specs. So yep. when Shane's moving his screen around like that, it's... Um, Bit off-putting. Bit of putting gonna, and, and the graphics card will handle it. Absolutely. So I'm just going to go a bit black for a tick while I adjust this. <laughs> like I, I'm setting my machine up for, it's got a three, um, three screen setup, 32s um, and VR. So I need to 
my little computer I got here just won't. I'm looking over it at the moment, going, "Oh, you poor thing." It just won't. It won't even do it. Yeah, look, I, I'm running off a uh, Microsoft Surface for my racing, and um, you know, it's it'd be it'd be great to um, yeah have something a bit more spec, but this is what it'll do for now. So yeah, it's good. Right, so enough of the simulation stuff. Uh, we're actually going to head across now and chat with an actual real driver. Uh, he is a former driver of the Australian V8U Racing Series. He uh, has raced in the Supercars Dunlop Series uh, for Matstone Racing. He has also been in the Dunlop Super 2 Series, uh, which, uh, which was with Matstone Racing, Image Racing. And uh, the ripe old age of... Uh, 27 this year. Wow, uh, is he only 27? He's a baby. Yeah, he's, uh, well, he's 26 at the moment. He's 27 on the 30th of May. Uh, he turns 27, obviously, um, and he has retired and he has gone off to run his uh, auto shop, um, which is uh, based in Morley. Um, and of course, uh, we love all of our guys that uh, support motorsport. Um, so he actually runs the uh, Auto One in Morley. Um, and of course, you could always go to Auto One in Morley, buy some parts, and then head over to DIY Garage and fit them yourself on their fantastic hoists and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, we're going to have a chat with him now and we'll welcome him and have a bit of a yarn. And I'm sure Brent will ask some interesting questions. Yeah, I'll try to be a complete sponge that I normally am. And, you know, but I'll, Adam's kind of cool he's like the um am i muted or is it just me no i'm not muted what's he like oh i was looking at my screen thing i've muted myself fat fingers no he's he's kind of the wa poster boy you know like um because he's one of the drivers that was so early into social media and i don't know if it's because yeah. his marketing background or he's just switched on um you know he's He's posted everything from when he first got into, I think, the Porsches here locally and saloon cars yep. um, and the whole way through. So anyone in WA that's been around Barbagallo, this is long before my time in WA, but anyone that's been here sort of seen his progression and WA being, even though WA is a, a big state and Perth's a big city, you still, motorsport's such a tight-knit small family here that everyone feels a bit vested or a bit like, you know, he says hi to everyone. Everyone knows who he is. And you've got to see that story the whole way through. And I think that's been a little bit different to some of the other drivers, which is really, really cool. Um, so like he's sort of, you know, the, the poster boy of the state and, you know, um, he's always got a wicked smile. He's, he's always posting funny stuff. Yeah, look, not so serious, you know, which is kind of <laughs> makes it kind of good, you know, just, just before Relatable. we get on, we'll uh, just switch across to his Instagram page. And uh, he actually has karaoke. And uh, here's some of his excellent singing. That was the air. And um, yeah, on that note, Adam Madram. 
Righty-o. So, uh, yep, here he is, uh, as promised, Adam Marjoram. How are you doing today, buddy? Morning, mate. Yeah, not too, not too bad. It's, uh, it's a good day. The, the weather was out in full force, all five seasons, typical Melbourne weather in Perth. And, yeah, no, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, look, um, it was uh, sort of going to become a bit of a... I was thinking about doing a bit of a running joke, you know, every week. You know, we weren't able to catch you for whatever reason. And I was like, you know what? We should just like have this thing as a running gag for the whole, you know, first 10 episodes. We'll say, yeah, yeah, you know, the Marge will be here next week. And then the week we'll just go, oh, yeah, sorry, you didn't make it this week. So we got someone else instead, you know. But um, I was just like, you know what? No, I really want him on the So, um, you know, as I was saying to you before, um, you know, really wanted to get, I guess, our WA talent on and, um, you know, have a bit of a chat. And, you know, especially like with the E-Series going on in the supercars at the moment. Um, you know, like we were just chatting about that just before as well. And, you know, a few of the drivers having some dummy spits. And I think they're forgetting that actually everyone can actually hear what's going on in the cars. You know, it's not like when you're out on track, you know, by yourself and you're swearing away. Um, yeah, yeah like we can actually hear what's going on. So, um, yeah, yeah, normally you've got this button on the steering wheel that's only to your engineer, so you don't really mind. And then even then, like, because obviously TV broadcast can actually patch into your, your radio and, and listen. Quite often I'd have Terry or, or someone come on my radio and go, hey, Adam, just what's your language? Like, oh, ooh, yeah, that's right. Now if there's broadcast direct through Twitch or through, you know, online or whatever, you don't have that little button with your engineer, then all of a sudden... Yeah, you, you kind of forget because you're in the heat of it. You, you're driving and, and I've been the same thing, you know, at Erebus Simulator or, or whatever and I'd have Anton and um, a couple of the other guys and we're just kind of like swapping and doing, you know, laps of Bathurst and all of a sudden you're like, ah, you, you know, a whole lot of expletives and then, um, yeah, you don't mind because it's only three guys but when other people are watching, you're like, ooh, yeah, hang on, just better one of these ones you almost need like someone in the background to with like a beeper just waiting for you watching watching for the word and then get on the beeper yeah <laughs> yeah they um I don't, I don't know how much of the uh in-car stuff ends up on the actual broadcast but um i would i would say not much from uh sort of checking out the supercars feed and the uh you know the twitch feeds are definitely live there's not much they're going to be able to do about that but um, supercars, I think, yeah, they don't really put too much of the driver's radios on, which is probably a good thing. But, Very good. Um, yeah, so look, we're just say, we've been having a chat before, and you know, like you're 26 years old this uh, last year. Um, you're coming up to your 27th birthday in um, yep, in about a month's time, month and a bit. So, yep. and you, you're essentially retired from racing. Um, yep. But, of course, not retired because you are still running your Auto One business in Morley. Um, yep. The you know you've had some um, pretty damn interesting moments. You know the I'm actually just looking on your Instagram page right now at a wrecked uh, V8 Ute. Um, yeah, good. was that the one in Gold Coast where you got sideways and all that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, just quickly, 26 and retired. Like my dad's not retired yet, and I'm retired before him. But I didn't think I'd see it that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so stupid to say as well, like, oh, I'm retired out of motor. You're like, no, you're, you're an idiot, Adam. Um, but, yeah, say so that, that Gold Coast crash, that was, that was monumental. That was my first time ever on the Gold Coast and um, absolutely mint track. Still actually one of my favourite tracks I've ever raced at. Uh, the commitment you need there is just beyond, you know, even over the top of Bathurst and stuff like that, it's quite comparable. Um, yeah. Yeah, had two cars go side by side through the chicane. 
Um, it was the last race. I was up in P8, P7, somewhere around there. Um, and two guys, Dave Cedars and Wayne Wakefield, who also, uh, he was a co-driver to Ambrose back in the Pertec way back in the day. Um, they were going side by side into the back chicane. And obviously the, the back chicane kind of goes like left, right, left, right, and then over the exit. Um, and they went side by side through the first bit, but the guy on the right, and I can't remember, I think it was C- Cedars was on the right, cut through the chicane, they touched cut through the chicane, Wayne did the, the rest of the chicane and then as he rejoined the actual, as Cedars rejoined the track, they touched and I, I guess I don't believe there should be but down on the right-hand side on the exit of the chicane there's a rubber tie barrier and, um, you know, I think it would be better if it was just a concrete, you know, barrier because you can hit it and glide and get out of the danger zone. Um, but unfortunately tyres grab and he hit the tyre barrier uh, it grabbed the car and it stopped it dead. Um, I was on the curb, two wheels over the curb, as you do on the sausage, and I've seen this unfold and I've already backed out at the start of the chicane, saw it unfold, I'm going, uh-oh. Um, and watching the car behind me, he's in car footage, I get the brake as the car's just about to land off the curb, which gives me about uh, uh, 10, 15 metres, and I'm full locked up, two tonnes of plough just pushing you, and Thank God there's not a twitch feed in my helmet because I could see what was coming. Um, I took my feet off the pedals um, because I would have broken both my ankles if they were on the on the stops. Um, put them off on the pedals, um, hit the guy ahead of me. The guy hit me in the back, put me up in the air, over to the other side of the track. Um, and, yeah, absolutely wreck. Uh, it even punched the brake booster through the firewall by my feet. It was just an absolute... Uh, in all honesty, I was actually really lucky to just walk out of it because, like, I watch in-car footage, um, you hear me wince and cry and, like, I'm in pain. And I Actually, I watch and I actually cringe myself watching it. So, yeah, big, big, uh, yeah, poo mixer. Yeah, how fast would you have been going through that that time? Um, about 155, 160Ks an hour. Um, and, and in the footage, Dave Cedars is actually coming back at me so you know he's accelerating backwards I'm going in and in um when they towed his car up onto the tilt trade actually snapped yep yeah, yeah well, so um safe to say that it probably be your biggest shunt through uh your uh, career both amateur and pro so <laughs> yeah yeah um and and it was the first time I learned that you should actually do up your seatbelts too so yeah um, seatbelts are yeah, definitely important I, uh, well I know it sounds really dumb, right? No one, this is, this is dumb. I was, I was 18, so I was an idiot. No one actually said, do up your seatbelts. Like, I'd always do this up real tight, right? Real, real tight. But I thought, you know, your, your base, leave it a little bit, come out of Bathurst, and you hold your breath over the top of the mountain, you get down to Conrad, you have a bit of a wiggle, um, you know, everything's mint, um, and reset again for the chase and reset to the next lap. So I learned really quickly, obviously you got that little, you know, crutch strap that comes between your legs, yep. that when you have a big impact, and this is locked in, but that's not, um, I learned very quickly after having a high-pitched voice afterwards that it's probably a good idea to do those bottom belts up. <laughs> it <Yeah>. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, look, um, so if we rewind a little bit, what, what ignited your passion to actually get into motorsport and start racing cars? Um, 
It was a very non-motorsport centric um, reason, you know, like my old man um, and his father, you know, dad always wanted a good relationship um, onto me and, and, and maybe, you know, he got, he moved out of home pretty early and never quite had that real tight, you know, bond. So um, growing up, all he wanted was, was a father son bond um, that, that, that I guess he may have wanted uh, growing up. So, um, he was, he was just, he just wanted to do something with me. So started out, I was in year one and I came home from like one of those real, real small go-karting parties. Like I don't even remember it, um, which is, which is kind of sad, but I don't even remember it. Anyway, I came home and I was raving to the old boy and I said, kept wanting to go high go-karting. And at the time I was a chatterbox in school. So if you're a good kid, your name was on the whiteboard by the end of the week. So dad said, if your name's on the white, uh, sorry, the blackboard, sorry, on the blackboard by the end of the week, we'll go high go-karting. So for the next eight, nine weeks, there were times that, you know, we had, uh, my name was on the blackboard and we went go-karting and started to really enjoy it. And then there were times where dad said, well, you didn't shut up and listen to your teachers in school when I go and go-karting. So I'd chuck a tanty and then I'd learn, you know, okay, keep the grades up, don't talk, don't be a class clown, um, which is very, very hard for me. Um, and, yeah, we went back and back and back. And then, anyway, he said, look, if you beat this lap time at O'Connor Indoor Cart High, which has only closed, I think, last year or the year before or something, um, you beat this lap time, I'll buy your first go-kart. So I did and he did. And then we started racing and um, going go-karting and kind of – I jumped into my fourth ever race weekend. Um, we had this old Monaco GP2, um, a engine from Northlands Kart Centre, and um, it was a great little little package, but it was severely underpowered. It was like a horsepower down, which in go-karting is like is phenomenal. That's like 1.1 seconds a lap. So I was a long way off the pace, but it turned wet in the final of a state championship on my fourth ever race weekend. And, you know, the wet's obviously a great leveller. Um, came through from second last right up to fourth. Um, and there were many Eastern Staters uh, racing, a couple of guys that went on to do Euro Formula 3, um, heaps of people. Um, and Dad sat there and looked and was like, oh, geez, you know, we might might be onto something here. And then he got my engine rebuilt. The next year we, were almost, we almost won the state championship, kind of went through and then, um, you know, ended up winning... No, it was 18 state titles or something like that, four state championships and did some stuff. And then I was like, well, I kind of love racing and kind of made the jump into a saloon car, raced a saloon car for three race weekends. K-Tech Porsche got me into their Porsche because their driver was sick. Um, Never driven the thing ever. Uh, Didn't even know where reverse was. So if I'd plowed it into the sand, I wouldn't have been able to get back out. Um, it was sports mark cars back in 2011, so it came from from last through to second um, and set the fastest lap and then decided to do a bit more Porsche and then Auto 1 picked me up and then uh, it's just kind of just fell in place, you know. You're kind of, you're lucky, right time, right place, right results. Auto 1 got me, then Erebus got me and then, yeah, just kind of, kind of happened. I was just fortunate, honestly. It was just... Right time, right place, um, knew one or two people. Um, and it all started from a couple of chain lubes back in go-karts uh, with Auto 1. So, um, yeah, tremendously fortunate to start 
and then have any sort of talent and have a dad that honestly put everything on hold. Um, and and the, the support my dad gave me is is quite quite understated for for what I've ever let on to anyone else um, because it would sound very egotistical that I just love my old man, but like the amount that he's given up to give me a chance at you know good school, going to uni, uh, motorsport, biggest sacrifice. Um, yeah, it's tremendous, and I wouldn't be here in any position, even in my own store, with, without him. So. Um, yeah, very, very fortunate to have a, a guy like, like my old man. Yeah, look, I see uh, every now and then on your Instagram, you know, you pop up doing workouts with your dad and, you know, all sorts of, you know, just random other activities. And, you know, I think it's great to see, you know, that side of drivers, you know, you don't see that a lot in motorsport. It's all very, um, you know, sometimes it looks candid, but it's very sponsorship orientated. And there's a West Australian driver who's, and it's, you know, not, everyone will probably figure out who this is, but, yeah, he's he's very big, um, and all his content at the moment looks like it's also super candid and fun that he's having, but mm. it's all sponsorship related. It's all cross promotional stuff, um, which isn't being said. But you know, obviously, from where I sit, and you know, obviously yourself, you know, you would be able to see exactly what's going on, you know, and it's um, so to see genuine stuff coming out on social media is, you know, just fantastic. And I think you're probably one of the drivers that um, has just got social media right, you know, in terms of you, you're not making out, you know, you've got this, like, fantastic pie-in-the-sky lifestyle um, that it's all about racing, you know. You've got everything else is on there, you know, your golf days, your gym days, you know, singing in the car, um, you know, flashbacks and all that sort of stuff um and you also um run a, a side uh, call it a side business which is you do some social media management for other people and um my understanding is you also try and help some of the younger drivers with that as well yeah yeah absolutely look i mean social media is an ever-evolving uh form of marketing it is actually a really hard thing to strike because of algorithm changes everything so um yeah i've got i've got 12 clients that i, I look at uh, look after um started social medias uh for, for other people i tend to focus primarily on facebook um because it is such a you, you almost to, to do a multifaceted social media approach, you almost have to work from full-time um, and I just contract. So I, I try to do Facebook, I do Instagram, I do, do other stuff, but um, I, I have been, in, uh, you know, coaching a couple of younger drivers on on how, and when I say younger driver, I mean quite young, like really early, like 17, 18, trying to, you know, hit the sponsorship, hit the, the right thing and, and I guess... You know, sponsorship's getting a lot harder. It really is. Um, I, I was I was fortunate that you know through a couple of my roles and a couple of um, my earlier sponsorship, I, I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, and at the very start, when I was learning all the tracks in 2013 in the AU, I just focused focused on my my, my, my supporters, uh, meeting as many people as I could, building my social media. So I had something to offer back um, to my sponsors in the future. Um, which which ended up being probably the reason why I was sponsored, um, and I was probably one of the last drivers on the grid that that actually ran a a marketing campaign. 
um, you know, centred around it, you know, with drive days, with ride days, with um, mass media communications on Trident Wiper Blade giveaways and, you know, big weekend, DIY weekends, a whole bit. Um, and I had a couple of drivers come to me or, or people fresh out of go-karts um, and one of my old mentors actually has also my driving mentor, Son Wills, um, you know, through Team Dynamic. He's coaching a, a young kid as well. And, um, yeah, I had a couple of people approach me and go, hey, you know, how can we do this? What what do people look for? Or how? And, you know, I'm lucky that I've acquired the, the knowledge. Um, it's a business of mine too. So um, it's nice to just give back um, to a sport that's given me, you know, some opportunities to live some boyhood dreams. So, um, hey, you know, a little bit of advice here and there never goes astray. So I, I was once upon a time I was that kid trying to suck knowledge out of other people. So, um, you know, if someone's got the drive and the will to push themselves hard enough to, you know, if they don't have the opportunity just given to them, you know, if they're trying to search for it, then, hey, if I can help in any way, well, why not? Um, yeah. As I've got a bit of time, I think that's only the fair thing to do. Yeah, look, um, being in the position that I am in terms of, you know, I've, I've submit to Drive Tribe and, um, you know, obviously pushing everything through my own following and everything, you know, I get hit up all the time with, you know, hey, you know, like, let's work on this together and let's do this together. I'm like, okay, cool. Why? <laughs> That's how this started. You know? Yeah. yeah oh, you know, I'm why? not in a position. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're not and it, just like yourself, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like when people come and say, you know, why, you know, and it's like, and when I say to them, well, why, why should I invest time in you and that? Um, mm. A lot of these drivers, you know, they just go, well, because I'm racing, you know, I've got a race car and it's like, mm. you know, like, but tell me about you, you know, and, and I was lucky enough that I had a young driver um, come to me and say, Hey, look, you know, um, I'm really interested in some sponsorship. Um, can I send you a proposal? And I almost fell off my chair because I'm like, he's got a proposal, you know, like what the what the hell? Um, and this is uh, Andy Melkin, um, mm. and um, you know, and and he came with this whole proposal, and you know, like this is what we're after. This is the placement we can give you. Um, you know, this is all we're after is this money. We just want tires this year. That's all yep. we want covered. You know, and I mean that's still six thousand dollars, but you know mm. that that's his first goal was to get tire sponsorship money. You know, and it was no pie in the sky. I want, I want my whole race funded thing. It was just like I just want tires, you know. And so, there needs to be more of those people, you know, more drivers doing that on all levels, you know, because as you say, sponsorship's hard to come by. You know, mm. um, it's going to be a lot. Next year is going to be horrendous for sponsorship, and I think, you know, because there's going to be a lot of carryover from this year. You know, drivers doing the right thing, saying, "Hey, look, last year we couldn't race." really if you can give me more money that's great but most people are going to be going well look you know can you maybe carry our sponsorship over that sort of stuff um oh. yeah mm. but yeah we'll, obviously we'll see what happens there but um you know no and that's what i think that you know we talked about the e-series stuff before i think that's why it's so important now because people got to give something back to the sponsors mm. so seeing some of the pro leagues still racing, seeing some of the local guys getting involved. You've got to be doing something at the moment. You know, we're saying some of the pros are being a bit too cheesy with it, but that's all we've got, social media and getting it out there. Yep. Um, 
So from, um, I guess, we'll jump back forward again before I unleash Brent onto you. Um, <laughs> the, um, the decision last year, now, we caught it, well, I, I rocked up to your, to your shop with a whole heap of camera gear and a little fella called Vaughn in tow last year and we did an interview which still hasn't been released from the WA Car Club. <laughs> um, which, you know, there was this big question mark at the time about 2020 and what you're up to. And, and then obviously you made the decision and the interview still hasn't been released. Um, there's, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I'm over it. Like I haven't yet, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. the, your decision to stop racing. Now I know we chatted about this in, in person. Um, but what, I guess, what was the decision, you know, outside of, I guess, wanting to grow your own business and focus on that to make sure you have something long-term outside of racing? What was other factors involved with you deciding not to race? Yeah, look, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't an easy thing um, because it, it's an emotional decision. It's got to be a logical decision. There's so many factors to it. And um, I... I, I it, it, it is really even trying to talk about it. Like I remember, like I, I made the post, um, and I, I scheduled it up. I, I I had eight shots at writing it throughout that day. I didn't plan it. I didn't. I knew I was going to make the decision, but I had to write it. And I was I was in my office, you know, top and away, top and away. Customer would come in, come back, and then you'd have to read where you're up to again because it's just it's so hard to put everything here down on on the paper. Um, anyway, I remember. Um, going uh, going home and, and it got released up and the only reason I knew it because I scheduled it for a time uh, is that my phone started going bzz, 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 and I've got my music on Bluetooth and it kept dipping out of out of like the volume. I didn't have the full fat wads auto I'm spec sound system in yet so it was kind of a bit more tinny. Um, but it just, I was going, oh, gee, oh, hang on, it's gone up. So I got home, said, hey, Dad, you know, hey, um, you know, did you see the post? He said, yeah, it's pretty well written. And I just burst into tears. Yep. I just, you know, and it was the first time, sorry, Dad, if you're watching, first time <laughs> in my life I've ever seen my dad cry. Yep. And it was, it, you know, like it wasn't a, it was a weird, weird time because, you know, my sponsors were all very, very keen. Um, had most of them signed up or verbally, you know, got the okay. Um, had another guy in the another another really cool partnership in the in the pipelines. Everyone was really really happy, um, and I was in a very fortunate position. You know, sponsors not easy to come by, and I had it all done, dusted in November, ready to go. Um, I guess the reasons why I retired. A big one was actually just the future. Um, I love motorsport since I was six. It's the only thing I know. I've gone to different schools. I've, you know, had different groups of friends. I've gone to uni. Business, everything changes. But motorsport was my in and out every year. That's how I measure my year. I didn't know what week it was, but I knew that oh, I've got, you know, Townsville in two weeks. Therefore, going backwards, it must be June. You know, I, everything was, I'd, I'd think, I'd wake up, I'd train on the bike, I'd go to work at, you know, 8.30 or so. I'd come home. I sorry, I'd go straight to the gym. I wouldn't get home till seven o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Um, have a quick dinner, go to bed, and that was literally every single day. In the middle would either be uni or work, um, 
and it, it grains on you a fair a fair bit. And then when I'm at work, I'm talking to sponsors. I'm you know doing doing everything, putting together marketing leverages, or putting together events, or putting together something. And my whole life is motorsport. That's it. Um, and I loved it, but you start to burn out when you you go to uni for seven years. You start to do that. Then I've now got a, a business. I've got a social media management business and you start to do that and the career itself is a full-time thing but, you know, you're up at, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and you don't see your house until 8 p.m. at night with work in the middle and all these little different pressures. You just start to start to go, Jesus, you know, you know my friends, I don't get to see my friends, I don't get this. I'll never change it ever again. I'll do the exact same thing again. Obviously, you change little things along the way but I'll do the same approach um, and I gave it everything I, I had. The bit that really kind of struck home was, I guess, uh, the future of, of everything. Um, you know, sponsors are getting harder to come by. Um, I don't have a family that's willing to go through two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine million dollars in my racing career. Yeah. Um, and you see money becoming, in, in all forms of motorsport, not via supercars specifically, any form of motorsport, yeah. money is becoming such mm, a driving force, right? Um, I don't have that. You know, that I know of stories where people are being, you know, you've got a team, not in Australia, not over East, just everywhere in, in the world. Um, um, and and, and you, you literally have Dutch auctions. And this guy's at this price. And then another driver comes in at 100,000 US dollars more and then 100,000, 100,000, 100,000. It runs out somewhere. And then you see a professional guy get... You know, he's had a job for, for 12 years, good fan base, good sponsorship, good, good, good eat it, got, got the package, does a good job getting ousted for someone who's, who's coming up. Yeah. Um, and I guess I looked at it and I went, you know what, let's say, you know, main game, three years down the track, everything's good, that happens to me. I'm now 31 and I've just, I've lost my job. I've got to go on the door. <laughs> um, and that's that's one of the things you know that that I guess that was one of the main things. The other one was I guess the future direction of where I was, you know, getting restricted fan access more and more um, in, in certain areas um, that I'm that I probably shouldn't go into. You know, I've always been right into interaction and I'm lucky that I still have a lot of my fans and supporters coming in and I think that's fantastic. Mm. Um, and I love sharing my journey because the biggest part is that when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up and be a V8 supercar driver and I, I remember getting shunned by a particular V8 supercar driver and I said to Dad, I said, geez, what an absolute ass!" I Dad, promise me that if I ever am fortunate enough to race a car in any level anywhere, that I don't turn out like that. Yeah. And I, I, I tried to stay true to my word. Obviously, times you're busy and times you're preparing and people try to pull you away and you, you've got your earbuds in and you're trying to do everything and, and your job's to race a car. Your job's not to be there for, for the fans. But my goal was to try bring the two worlds closer together and um, hopefully I got to provide a bit of insight as to what it is. There's only one driver and hopefully I could show people a little bit more from the back end as to what it was and... I had a tremendous amount of fun taking people on track walks at Bathurst. And I literally told all my inside secrets to all those people that walked the track for a couple of years with me, the three, four, five hundred people that walked that track. They learned 
everything in it. Oh, that's fun. I, I like that. So the fact that I couldn't do that as much, um, social media was a great tool and I could do it over that, but the, the fact that I guess I, I was starting to get restricted in certain areas took a bit of fun out of it for me. Um, when I lose that, um, I've got all this serious approach and money's getting harder. You put the three together and then you have to also look at your future. I've got this business that, that so far, every month this year since I've been retired has been over 30% up on the year before because I can now actually work in it. I'm, I'm doing all these things and these really cool projects. Um, I'm genuinely actually just as excited now about my own business. It's like my own little child I'm nurturing. Um, and, and both of you, you would know these, this feeling. Um, you know, I'm equally as excited now about my business as I was back in 2013, first round of VAU, getting moved to Erebus and all this really cool. You work your bum off, you're training every single day, you're doing everything you can because it's really cool, it's really exciting, you want to make the most of it. I'm getting that kick now. So um, do I miss the steering of a V8 supercar? Absolutely. Like it's the coolest thing you ever get to do in your life and I'm so thankful. But I'm lucky that I probably will have the opportunity in the future uh, with, with people that I might know or, or, or companies that might want to jump back on board because, um, you know, they, they sell good value, that I probably will be able to steer something. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll move away from here. I'll never go down unless I get an unreal opportunity that shouldn't be given to me. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, then I'll go back down that path. But will I, you know, bust my balls and move heaven and earth to make something happen in supercars? No. Something else? Hey. I'm already looking at it and already got some tentative plans. So uh, retirement from a professional sense, but maybe not from a all over sense. Yeah, yeah look, the, so um, the TCR rumours are true then? <laughs> um, funny enough, TCR, I, I, I had multiple offers. Um, <laughs> multiple. I, I don't know. Sound looks like fun, but... It looks like an awesome category. We've talked about it a couple of times on the show. It's cool. Oh, unbelievably awesome and I love watching it on I'm, I'm, I'm excited it's a shame that the that it obviously hasn't you know had its first couple of good rounds this year mm. new telly deal and all that I reckon that would honestly the racing itself is good it looks like to me the VAU series again yeah um, yep. I guess from the outside and I haven't re- driven it but obviously fair bit of crash panel damage um, etc had a couple of teams come to me and the, the budgets if it was around the old V8 Ute series, and I think there has to be a V8 Ute series in some form, and TCR yeah. looks like like that series, as long as the budgets are attainable, I think it would be like I would go into it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, cool. The Trans Am or the TA2, that kind of cross hybrid bloody two, that thing, that car, that actually looks like, in my opinion, the, the V8 Ute series in budget um, and raw. You know, TCR yeah. is a really good race car. Um, the VAU two not a good race car. So no, the TCR cars are good. And then, yeah, funny you should mention TA two because it's sort of another question I had. Because the new, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen because of the whole hiatus at the moment. But the new Utes, where they've taken that bit of a break, because the diesel format just people just didn't react, relate to it. They were well built cars, but now they're going to the sort of hybrid floor pan sports sedan style thing with a six liter in it or a 6.2 liter package or whatever. So TA2 power plant, basically. Um, mm. What do you think is going to happen there? Do you think that'll take off? Or do you think it's just they've missed the, missed the, missed the stalls with it? 
That's it's a hard one. What I think, I think it should take off. Absolutely, I I'm all for it. Like the old the old V8 Utes were fantastic, and I think they should have just stayed around. Who cares about road relevance? I'm sorry, I don't mm. watch F1 because it looks like a McLaren. Yeah, <laughs> like I watch the yeah. racing, or it's what's well, maybe it's not, but I'm a F1 nerd. But I watch racing because it's good and it's entertaining. I don't yeah. watch. Because I can play soccer like that. It's not relevant to me, but I can appreciate the skill and the, the everything. I think VAUs did not need to be road relevant, but obviously there's manufacturer backing and all this. So, so there's that complexity once again of money and all that. So I kind of get it. From the driver's point of view, the whole Super Utes program, they loved it. Like every single driver, obviously there were, there were a lot of carryover drivers from when I left VAUs in 15 to the new series. So you, get, you talk to Ryle Harris, for example. And he says yeah. the Utes are awesome to race. They absolutely love it. Such a shame that the fans don't love it. And I, you know, I'd have these, you know, little prods that all of them are about, you know, diesel and four cylinders and, you know, all of the bit. With the V8 into it, even at the, the, the current height and the whole bit, I reckon it would be absolutely sensational because they reckon it's very, very similar in slightly more live in the rear but very similar to the old V8 Utes. Put the power yeah, in. They run a. They all run the same rear end. And it's built in the same jig, and then it's the mounting points just change to suit the chassis. So they run a V8 Ute style rear end, like a solid nine-inch ladder barred um, coilover. So, mm. yeah, absolutely. And they they were good. The problem is you get, and it's no different in anything in life. You get one chance to make a first impression, and you didn't make a first impression. How can you now win the fans back? Because, like, I remember I, was, I used to stay at the Ridges at Bathurst. I was really, really fortunate to have some Auto 1 guys that would always come out and watch. We shared rooms. It was fantastic. So you'd, stand, you'd sit, uh, you'd be asleep. And all of a sudden you hear what I thought were wet farts going by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the turbo diesels. <laughs> and you yeah. peer around, you're like, oh, that's a first race. That's a super use. Oh, that's, that's oh, great. You know, like, and you wouldn't think anything of it. Whereas when the V8 Utes were racing, you know, they were V8 Utes. You know, it was really mm. cool. If you saw when, once again, I was lucky, Auto 1 V8 Ute Series in 2013, I was the Auto 1 driver. I was, I was quite privy to some of the inside um, talkings and some of the other drivers were too. And they were actually, in 2013, the Ute of the Future was based off of the Car of the Future whole thing that Supercars did. They're going to do Ute of the Future. And it looked like a single, sorry, an extra cab Hilux, extra cab Navara, extra cab everything. Yeah. A space frame. Similar to the, the, the NASCAR trucks. Okay. Yeah. Six litre V8 on slicks, slight wing at the back, and it was going to be eight seconds lap faster by their simulations, eight seconds lap faster than the Super Utes, uh, sorry, the V8 Utes of the time. And I'm going to tell you, if that went ahead, and I could, and it wasn't too expensive and all that. And I failed at the whole VAU supercar dream. I, well, actually, VAUs were still around. I'll be in a VAU right now. I'd raise the budget, done. Happy days. Easy done. Um, still the best racing I've ever been in, apart from go-karts. Still the best bang for buck, the most fun. Got to do, do sick appearances, drive down through the middle of the streets of towns with race cars. Like, how sick is that? If we got to do that marketing platform on this year to the future concept, Honestly, that would be a winner, and I think that would rival supercars. I really do. We'd really get to do. see you on another toolbox. What was that, sorry? We'd get to see you on another toolbox. Yeah. 
that was pretty cool. There's not many drivers get to see they've got the, you know, it's only the, the A-game guys that get to say they have a toolbox with the, with the livery plastered all over it. So that was another cool thing. Yeah, I was quite lucky SP Tools did a couple of renditions of that. Um, I think they, they thought, hey, let's put the tool, the biggest tool you can get in the back of the toolbox. Like it's a 233-piece toolbox and you've got a tool in the lid, 234. Marketing done. Thank you, Mark. It just shows how relevant the utes were because every apprentice mechanic or someone wanting a decent seat at home or whatever, probably more of a ute follower than anything else. Mm. Um, and that was around the time when the supercar changeover sort of, they went to not quite the car of the future, but when it's starting to get a bit irrelevant yeah. for Joe Bogan, you know what I mean? So, um, the amount of the amount of stories I've got out of uh, people that follow that via YouTube. I remember my first ever signing session, like, you know, it was all cool. I've been practicing on old uh, cart magazine things. I've been trying to figure out an autograph. I never had one, right? So I was trying to, like, figure it out and got to Adelaide 500 weekend or Clips or 500 back then and Friday. We had a signing session. I'm going, oh, this is this is cool. I get to finally do what I've been practicing. Oh my god, I'm famous. Ah. Um, and it was really, really cool. But I was like, you know, okay, let's be realistic. Like there's only gonna be probably 10 people at the signing session. My first one ever, there were six of us. I had Tony Longhurst, my teammate, was sitting right next to me, Chris Walton on the other side. I'm like, I can stop this. Look down, there's like 90 people going that way and the, the line kept topping up we were there for a good 45 minutes and we had to actually call the signing session off um i can't say i've ever seen that in you know apart from bathurst bathurst is different um i can't say i've ever seen that at any of our bigger signing sessions you know straight up on a friday 8 a.m like tremendous and you're right it's very relatable you know there were cars that you know you could get a faster road car than what these could do in a straight line um, they look the same. You could buy the rims off out of Bob Jane because back in and there were problems mm. with them, but you could buy them out of Bob Jane's. Um, you, you, apart from a roll cage, same car. Yeah, bloody awesome. I, I think honestly it was the best racing category because you know the reason we had big shunts was that not because we were gumbies or that you know they were horrible drivers. Is that you're on the edge so much that if you lock a tyre, the fighting is so so intense. If you lock a tyre, the tyres are under grip and they never really unlock and you've just got this two-tonne thing just pushing like a sled and it won't actually push down to, to re-grip the tyre. Um, so you just end up careering into the guy next to you and everyone's going, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, and it was awesome. You come in after a big race, you, you, you've got banged up doors and you, you'd have like, five, ten people just swarm straight around the car, watch you guys actually fix it, and then you're still in your racing because I'd be talking to Dad or a sponsor or something like that, and you'd have some guy go, that one's so sick, man, that that mirror went flying, and, you know, <laughs> you could all put it in the man cave, and, man, I'm like, yeah, dude, take it, you know, and, and it, 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 as you move up more professional, that distance, that segregation naturally will always get bigger because the pressures are going to be more. So when I got to, you know, to any of my teams after that, absolutely I wasn't quite out there as much. But the data is bigger, the cars are more intense and, and the effort you need to actually be on the edge is, is greater. So I can kind of understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, motorsport is a whole bunch of guys lucky enough to go around in circles, having a dip and doing it because they love it. And I think the Ute series just 
allowed that to facilitate itself on the track the best. I think that's that's the key to any motorsport. Make it work, make the people enjoy it, make everything work, and it'll be a success. And Ferrix as a marketing organisation nailed it. Yeah, no, you're spot on. You've got to make it it's going to be relevant, but it's going to be fun to watch. And they, yeah. And you had such a good mix. You had like, there's a lot of, there's a, there's half a dozen on speedway drivers in there that already had their own followings. There's some, there's some talent there. It was good. Yeah. I mean, you had Jack Ellsgood, who's an ex NRL player, like, and yeah. he was the Andy Steerer. Um, yeah. No, it's good. And the people like, and I suppose like the, the trophy truck sort of things now, like at the bigger V8 touring car rounds, the Joe Average that goes to the racetrack, there's a handful of nerds, you know, I'm one of them that really gets off on the race data and, and what's it and, and cars and that sort of stuff. But the, the bigger majority of punters paying tickets to the gates just want to see crashes and racing and close racing and something happening, position swapping and people hustling, you know, they don't want to see position. Um, and I think that's why it works so well. And that's why TCR is cool because you get to see that bit of all the cars have a different um, strength and, and the, the racing's pretty tight. So, yeah. Well, you would know the Hyundai XL races, like you, you yeah. go talk to the average guy, someone walks in off the street at Auto Amorley or, or anywhere, you go, oh, they race Hyundai XLs and they go, oh, that's, that's a bit, you know, uh, Hyundai XL. You, then you actually go, no, 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 you can build this proper race car for this price and have you actually seen them race? Like it is seriously amazing watch at state level at national level at every level who cares what speed you're doing it's all relative to what's going on around you if you're passing every single corner that's all that matters it doesn't matter that you're doing 400 k's an hour down conrod straight if you're doing 180 and you've got like drafts and like bump drafts and like that's what it's about yeah if you're three up into every corner and you're having a fight you're not stuck out by yourself or it's not just a position it's it's good watching. So, yeah, our local racing saloon cars have probably got the biggest field at the moment. XLs will be as big at next biggest thing. And both categories, the, the racing's hard, you know. Formula Fords, um, it'll be good to see what happens this year. Uh, two years ago, that's really wicked racing. Um, but, again, that's that next level up budget for state-level guys. For the XLs yeah. and saloons, it's, um, yeah, it's really, really good racing. So, it's yeah. good to see. Well, you might see Mole Man and I have been talking. He's like, oh, I really want to go racing again because he used to race go-karts with me and he's, you know, he's getting older. So, you know, the bruising on the ribs and the cracking and uh, maybe not the physicality. He's like, what do you reckon? We should go buy a hundi and, and go for a bit of a fang. I'm going, yeah, look, I probably, you know, I probably don't, you know, I've, I've driven one of the Honda XLs at the one uh, 100 back in like 2014 or something when I was a young pup. Um, and it was... It was awesome fun. Um, and I said, you know what? I'd actually have a bit of a kick at getting you up to speed. And he's like, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll go buy it. I'll go spend, I don't know, I don't know what it costs, anywhere between three and six grand. Get that done. Um, and when, when you've been racing at, you know, our level for a fair while, three to six grand is like, that's like dinner for a night. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. if, if you've got six grand damage around in a supercar, you honestly come away and you get drunk that night because it is just brilliant. Um, and, and we went, he's like, you know what, if I wrote that car off, if I did a barrel roll into turn seven and wrote that thing off, cost me four grand and I'll go do another one. I'll build it up, have some fun. and I'll go race hard because at the end of the day, I can get a bonnet for 60 bucks. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I could, 
got one out there, but no, it's, my white one sold this week. So, yeah, well, I was selling two of them, but yeah, the white one sold this week. No, I just got to get, I want to get the sports sedan back out again. I miss going fast. And it does suck, Adam, when you get beaten by an 18 year old and a <laughs> 16-year-old in my own car is quicker than me. It, um, it's demoralizing. But no, it's good. It is really good racing. And they have, they have a, um, a Seniors Cup as well. Oh, can I qualify for that? Well, no, I might. But <laughs> no, I think you're still a little bit too young. Um, but you're old man. You'd be primed for the Seniors Cup. Yeah. Yeah, because like uh, Megsy. Um, yeah. Oh, he's quick. Yep. He's quick and, you know, Dicker and all those guys. Like I, I raced with Megsy three go-karts. Not, not raced with him. He was in over 40s back then. Oh, maybe he isn't that old. <laughs> no, 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 no. He would be, well, I don't know what he'd be, but um, no, Megsy, like, he, he, great guy. So we'd travel around and part of flat-out karts and I'd race with, with yeah. Dicker or under his little banner and, um, you know, to see my dad race against Dicko and Megs again would just be... Oh, it'd know. be wicked. And that's yeah. super, like, the whole category is really, it still has, like, there's some, there's some guys spending money, but it's not extravagant. Um, mm. And, but the everyone's really helpful. Like, Dick has helped me out with bits and pieces and getting the white car quick. And they're all, they're all good. It's, it's still got that cool local category feel where everyone's helping everyone. Someone has a biff whatever, everyone's there ripping panels off and putting panels back on. You feel like you're in the real deal. It's kind of, cool. yeah, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool category and it's good to see. And it'd be cool to see if you guys get one out there. I really would. Yeah, look, you never know. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know how much I'd personally race here in uh, uh, WA. If someone goes, you know, he's a supercar radical, go have a fang, I'll go, oh, yeah, I'll go have a bit of a dip and I'll be rusty by the time I get to that that stage. But, um, you know, I think, I'd, you know, my old man always said to me that, you know, we used to race together and that was our relationship building, you know, in the early years. And then he parked his go-kart to concentrate on me and then I ended up riding at some race weekends, four carts a race weekend. There was only eight classes. So I was literally racing 50% of the whole race weekend. Yeah. Um, junior light, junior heavy, junior sportsman and junior road tax. And, you know, I'd have a mechanic, I'd have dad, um, or I'd have a friend, dad and me wearing all these go-karts and he parked his stuff to, to see me do well. And he always said, I said, dad, don't you, don't you miss it? And he said, no, 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 I get a kick out of seeing you go well. And that's a very father thing to obviously say, right? Um, but now I guess when I say I've been there and done that, I've, I've kind of pushed myself hard and seen me go okay and, and, and he's lived all that through me. Um, it's no different to the couple of guys I'm coaching at the moment. I'd actually get a kick. I'm not a very mechanical person, like hands-on. I've always had, you know, mechanics to do that. That's, you know, they live I can't. We can't do that. Um, but I would love to get hands-on, help him build the car, um, help him do whatever, and he's qualified mechanic, so it's all piece of piss for him. Um, but then I'll get a kick out of extracting every little bit out of him, um, and it almost feels like the roles will reverse. And I think that would be a really exciting thing. I'll go race a go kart for a little bit and go back to my roots there and have fun, and then maybe I'll try to extract some pace out of me, old man, and see what we can do. I mean, it'd just be so much fun. It really would. Oh, that'd be that'd be unreal. Like it's and it, and it's the right thing. Like. You know, everyone always relates stories with themselves. But like, my mum used to do 
a little bit of stuff with, she had a Triumph Spitfire back in the day, Hill Climb Special. And I always promised I'd buy her. And she had to sell that when I was born. Um, I always promised I'd buy another one. And I fritted time away with other cars and other projects and other racing and, and, and traveling around the world and never, um, never actually got around to doing that. Mm. And it's still pretty gutting, you know, like now you've got the time, just go do it, man. You know, before he's too old to be able to get in and out of over climb over a roll cage and get in and do it, man. Mm. It's the thing to do. Um, I suppose when we've been talking for nearly an hour, we'll do a couple of pop, quick funny questions to try and cheer everything up and yeah, yeah. you have some time back because you're obviously pretty busy but um can I ask one question as a nine-year-old did you ever get told by a certain uh, legend of uh supercars to uh, f off <laughs> <laughs> or was that just an experience that i had to live through <laughs> <laughs> i got told by everybody else to f off not yeah, just yeah. a supercar driver <laughs> <laughs> not <even> my dad <laughs> I was, I was just thinking back to the whole, you know, like when you were saying about the, um, you know, the, the access to uh, the spectator for the spectators has got more and more. Um, mm. I kind of think it's actually Peter Brock's fault that all that happened um, because it was a real prick. Um, in his older age, he mallowed a bit, but, um, you know, like back at Wanneroo, you know, you'd, you'd be, you know, like what you're saying, you know, you'd, you'd race up after the races were finished and you could be right in there, you know, in the drivers straight away, and um, yeah, he, he was not the most pleasant of guys, but um, so it was refreshing to hear your story about, you know, how, how you treated the spectators a lot differently. And, you know, yeah. I think, um, yeah, can't get away with that sort of stuff these days. So. <laughs> no, and look, I mean, at the end of the day, like, in all honesty, I'm, I'm another dude, you know, I work an eight to five job now. Um, yeah, I, was, I was just fortunate enough that I, I dreamed of racing a car worked my ass off and my old man gave me an opportunity and he worked his ass off um, and we made a shitload of sacrifices, excuse language. Um, and, you know, we, 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 I got to do something I died, I would have honestly chopped off both balls um, and ate them both to do what I'd done. Lucky I didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you made a good story though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ultimate sacrifice. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm just an average guy. You know, there's nothing special. So you don't have to be a prima donna and, and, and hide in a truck and, you know, think you're all that or whatever. Yes, I'm lucky. And at the end of the day, for someone to actually take notice of something you're doing, understand that you're trying to give it a crack and actually then passionately follow you and then support all of the companies that support you, um, you know, every year I compile my sponsorship report and I've taken screenshots over the years of, you know, people that shopped at Auto One because they sponsored me and then people that bought Penrite. And then people actually put up, I have now swapped to Penrite because you sponsored Adam. Yeah. And when I take that and show a sponsor that and they go, huh, we don't get any of that from, from, from anyone else. When I have people that I'm, I'm so grateful for people to actually do that, you know, because without that, I don't get to race. So really, the cost of me standing out the front of the garage for half an hour afterwards and have my, key, my team kick my ass because I'm not in my data session, it's a small price to pay for someone that's dedicated, you know, an area of their wall to posters of, of me or photos or, you know, buying old panels that I've, you know, inevitably crashed somewhere along the line, you know. Like that is something that, that you can't describe to to my friends, that feeling, you know, 
people might see, you know, a good Instagram account or a good Facebook account. It's not about that. It's people want to buy into this journey emotionally. And that's like, when I say it's weird, like for me, I'm just another dude. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really special. It's, it's, it's incredible. So for me to give up a bit of time, honestly, cost me nothing. So what do you do? Get off the high horse, go out and do it. That's what everyone wants. Brent, you got your uh, couple of quick fires that you wanted to ask. Yeah, well, one's from you know one of the one of the fans or one of the followers. So, obviously, because you're so fan based oriented, you've done all the Bathurst walks, you've done um, drive days, sponsor days, that sort of stuff. It, um, what's your funniest story from a um, a street car that you've had to take around a track in a, in a drive day scenario or um, sponsor day sort of thing? Ooh, that's a that's a that's a hard hard one. Um, I've, I've 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 done a fair few um, fair few Lexus days. Um, I've been, been been quite fortunate. Anyway, I had um, the dealer principal of Lexus of Perth in the car, and he um, came up, tapped me on the shoulder, and in his actual like road road car um, RC three fifty, fantastic little car, and doing the drive down the old surface, chewing up tires, and he said, "Oh." Do you want to take me for a holler? And I said, mate, absolutely, would not mind at all. You know, it's just a pretty cool, cool thing to be asked. Anyway, um, he said, oh, the last person I, I jumped in a car with on a track was Alan Jones. I was like, oh, geez, you know, just dump the pressure on me, don't you? Like that's, <laughs> yeah, who's Mr. Jones you speak of kind of thing. Anyway, so went out on, on the track and did a couple of laps pretty hard and I missed an apex. I was like full ABSing out into turn seven, turned in, missed the apex. We went on the main straight and he said, did you just miss that apex over there? I said, oh, kind of over you wouldn't kind of notice that. He said, oh, Alan Jones wouldn't have done that. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's savage. <laughs> then I was like, okay, then Alan Jones won't do this. Anyway, nailed it completely sideways, through turn one, through turn two, through turn three, into four, over the kink at five, completely linked up and I can't drift to save my life, linked it up and I'm like holding on, like absolutely terrified about looping this thing and making the biggest tear to myself. Um, anyway, <laughs> came over the back into Cobb and I was like, did AJ do that? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a cool moment and look, get, get along with him really well. Really, really cool guy um, and, and great to work with those kind of people too. So, um, yeah, it was quite a good bit of banter there. I, I quite like that one. <laughs> oh, wicked. Um, so we, we talked about sort of where you've been going. You've been doing some testing in Perth. We, we've known that. TCR might be on the horizon. We'll keep feeding those rumours. Oh, just Barry Bolton is as well. Well done with him. Like He was a monster at the track in that first round. So, yeah, yeah sorry. Monster car. Good. <laughs> Obviously did some work there, um, which is good. Um, what are you, are you doing any sim racing, getting on the bandwagon at the moment? Or, you know, there's, there's um, you know, a lot of people have been predicting that eSports and all facets will start to take over a bit more. Are you doing anything there yourself or? I, I haven't, um, mainly because I'm too cheap to buy a sim. Uh, <laughs> no, um, uh, I, look, I, I haven't done any of the, I, I've obviously I've done a fair bit on, you know, Erebus Simulator, you know, Macaray Simulators. Um, I have a hyper simulator from 19 ah, at home. Good frames. Yeah, great, great frames. Um, a little bit foggy. Cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, last time we used that was in 2013 to learn the actual tracks before I got to them for the VAU series. So haven't really done too much on the e-sport side of things. Not to say someone doesn't go, hey, Ads, do you want to – give you this simulator to loan for a bit. Do you want to jump on and do some stuff? Hey, absolutely. Um, uh, Racing-wise, I'm actually, you know, like I was saying with my old man, getting a bit of a kick out of helping other people. You know, I've, I've gained, obviously, I've probably had to, I never had someone to really teach me the ins and outs, like, on my case all day um, as you went as I went through all the, the different stages of motorsports. So, I love, like, with Barry, you know, like, he's such a cool guy um, and it's a good way to just kind of reconnect back into WA because I never really got to do much in WA and I'd always regretted not getting out of go-karts earlier and, and, and doing a bit of state series stuff. So it's a nice way to actually get back um, into WA. Obviously, I look after a lot of the saloon car guys with brakes, oils, uh, Barry, like, SRF, the whole bit. So I'm lucky I get to meet people and, and do, pe- do, 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 do things with people but... Um, really enjoying the coaching because I get to provide that insight and things that wouldn't be taught unless you've gone and done it. You know, like I'm a, you know, I'm a very straightforward, cut the shit kind of guy. Um, I said to Barry straight up, I said, hey man, if I appear like a bit of a dick, I'm really, really sorry. I'm just so passionate about getting you to where, you, where I want you to be. If I come in and say that was crap and then go this, this, this and this, um, or why are you doing this? Like, why have you reverted back to? Don't take it as I'm having a go. Take it as that I'm really passionate and I'm just really blunt. Like when I'm in a zone and trying to get everything going, I'm just really blunt. I'm a bit of an ass to be honest, um, because that's how it works with me. If I'm analysing myself, I'll be a prick, um, and that's how I turn turn it on for me. So um, I'm actually really enjoying that that new challenge. Um, you know, Barry Boltonas. Um, uh, Greg Barr and his supercar, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, working with a couple of guys there, I'm, I'm really excited. So um, racing myself, um, I'm flat out at Auto Amorio. So we've been like this month and last month, we're over 50% up on last year. It's I'm, I've worked, you know, a month straight. Um, got home at 7 o'clock tonight, was there at 7 a.m. this morning. Um, just doing everything while I got a chance. I'm really energized. So towards the end of the year, I think things will start to peter out a little bit. Um, I don't know what it'll be yet. TCR, you've mentioned S5000 had a couple of good offers there, and I love wings and slicks. But whatever it is, I promise you, it will be something fun. Um, yeah. So that's and, that's the key. You want a hot rod? Yeah. So. Uh, mate, look, I've even joked at Stadium Super Trucks. Yeah. You know what? I don't. They're great. Yeah, I've yeah. talked to a couple of guys. I just want to go there, have fun, do cool stuff. If you get to go to America and race one of them, hey, that's that's awesome. You know, you're not going to make. I say you're not going to make a career. You know, like Matty Brabs is obviously doing a good job, and, and he raced. We grew up racing go karts together, and he's done some cool things for IndyCar and the Indy Five Thousand stuff. And you know, once again, budget. So he's probably finding a similar pathway to me and he's come back and now he does, you know, these Lexus days I was talking about, that's his full-time job alongside stadium super trucks. So, hey, you never know. You might create a bit of a niche and they look like fun and I'm about having fun and... Absolutely. Yeah. We'll find oh, out. Wicked. Well, um, yeah, look, we've 
we've uh, definitely run over time. We'd, I'd love to keep just chatting and asking questions and stuff, but you know, Probably worth uh, back. we've got yeah. to, uh, yeah, let you get some sleep sometime. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously auto one in Morley uh, for anyone in Western Australia that's listening to this. Uh, if you need parts, make sure you go down and see Adam down there. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, of course, DIY garage in Malaga will, certainly be able to help you out with some hoist time and all that to actually fix the parts um mm. so yeah and obviously you know one of your major sponsors is penwright um anyone else helping you sort of keep a, keep going in these days or anyone you know over the years you'd like to thank um look over the career absolutely anyone that was ever a partner and no matter how big or small they made the dream you know come true um you know mark weber wouldn't be mark weber without yellow pages you know you've got to be grateful yeah. for everybody so um I was just, I was just really fortunate, honestly. You, you had to ask why, you had to work hard, but just fortunate. So anyone that was ever attributed with my career, um, when I did my retirement post, it was always, you know, thanking everybody, past and present, big or small, doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, just honestly, the other part is, is the the fans and supporters, because without the fans and supporters following me, I wouldn't have had those other big companies over there to to sponsor me, so that hopefully my my supporters would shop it. And buy those brands, you know, Armoral and all these really cool companies I got to work with. So, no, I'm just thankful for, for everybody and thankful for, for your time. I'm, you know, surprised you want to talk to a washed up old retired walking frame kind of guy these days. So, um, yeah, hey, look, if, if I'm not at my hairstylist like I have been for the past three Wednesdays or however many Wednesdays um, it's taken, um, hey, let's do, do round two. Let's... Um, Absolutely. Chat more poo and yeah, I yeah. Put it talking crap. Yep. <laughs> oh, we do. Yeah, that's what Scott, we're all Scott about. Beer podcast, podcast. So. <laughs> oh, done round three with Coronas. Attribute. Yeah, to that's the- it. Yep. We'll, we'll get it happening. As all that, I'm looking forward to the Adam Adam uh, karaoke on TikTok. Oh no! <laughs> I've been tempted <laughs> to get on TikTok too, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. If, uh, he's 26, too old to get on. TikTok. Nah, you've got the personality for it. You've got you the. You know what? Um, yeah. Mark Sutton, the F1, like famous F1 photographer, is on TikTok and he's getting like 300,000 views on, yeah, 300,000 views um, for just random old man stuff. Like just, you know, like those awkward old man videos that, you know, yep, yeah. 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 yeah, that's what he's doing. And three hundred thousand views he's getting on some of his stuff. So, um, okay, yeah. there you go. Uh, karaoke yeah. and Adam dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a shame TikTok wasn't invented early because, like, through like you know Super Two, Super Car, that whole that kind of twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen that phase, it was so many hilarious moments. That if I catch it on TikTok or cat, I've got them on my phone that. Probably shouldn't be released, but I've got some really brilliant things that would have been brilliant for TikTok back in the day. Uh, you know what? You're retired. Who cares? Release them. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. I'll piss off what little friends I have left. <laughs> you always so you're still young enough to make way, more. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have enough money to pay him still. That's the problem. Ah, yeah. okay. All right. No worries. All right. Thanks, All right. Heath, So, man. yeah, make sure check out Auto One Molly. Uh, look up Adam Mudram on... Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram's definitely the most entertaining side of things. Um, a fantastic April Fool's joke this year, of course, with uh, 
him announcing that he was coming out of retirement, uh, which got everyone going. Um, of course, the fact that we weren't racing at the time made it even better. But um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, we'll see him back out some form, some shape. Um, and thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely get you back. Uh, we've got a few others lined up, um, but, uh, you know, if they duck and duck us and blow us off every week like you've been doing for the last three weeks, um, then, uh, yeah, we'll give you a yell and say, hey, Marge, give us a yell. Have a chat. Yeah, you need a cheap fill-in. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> local, local points. Yes. All right, so thanks very much. Uh, we'll wrap it up after this. Cool, that was uh, Adam Marjoram and, um, yeah, look, fantastic guy. Um, yeah, the interview I did with him uh, with Fawn was, you know, um, took took a while longer than it probably should have. You know, like tonight, you know, he just kept, yeah, he's, he's great, just so engaging to chat with and that. So, um, yeah, it's a shame it was never released, but um, look, well, I might actually just chuck some of it up at the end of this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because look, it hasn't been released. Um, a lot of it, uh, the information that was in it's changed. So, but I'll chuck up maybe some of the outtakes from it, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And uh, yeah, that's it from me. You got anything to add this week? No, just uh, if you're in Sydney and you're driving a McLaren, just uh, be careful. It's uh, spirited driving doesn't cl- class as ex- exercise over there. Yeah, there's a Breaking guy in uh, Perth with a massive Costco teddy bear on his roof yesterday. Yeah. So um, but that was just stupid. That was just stupid. But anyway, um, yeah, see you next week. Um, yeah, won't, won't tell you who the guest is. Um, got a couple lined up, so we'll see you, uh, who actually shows up. Uh, looking forward to a good one for next week. So it's yeah. Been yeah. All righty. Catch us later. Cheers, folks. buddy. Ciao.